Uh, good evening, how's it going? It's a, I, I was about to say beautiful, but it's an exceedingly cold <laughs> evening. Uh, in Sydney this evening, I'm just going for a bit of a stroll because I, I couldn't sleep. And it's, it, it's teeth-chatteringly, knee-tappingly, uh, <laughs> tappingly, <coughs> cold. I can see my breath in front of my face. It was funny when I was growing up in Singapore and we'd come back to Australia for holidays and invariably we'd end up here in winter for some reason uh, in the middle of the year and I just remember thinking it was such a novelty because of course Singapore's really hot and you'd come down here and you can see the breath in front of your face and as a kid I just thought that's amazing I'm a steam train look at this <laughs> yeah yeah and then I'd see snow and I'm like whoa what is this stuff Ah, that's not humidity. Well, I suppose it's frozen humidity. Ah, you know, someone who wouldn't uh, be thinking like that would be Jim Kloss uh, from Holy Radio up in Alaska when he was sharing that tiny log cabin with um, Esther or, or later the Wheat Palace with Esther doing those house concerts producing the world's preeminent um, really sort of trailblazing internet radio show for independent musicians and the associated wiki and chat system and um, that community that he fostered. Really, he kind of did a lot of things before anyone else, it was on anyone else's radar. He was, he had chatbots, he had, um, he, he sort of had this gamification system where if you did enough edits to the wiki, you would accrue wheat berries, which would let you do things. Um, he would have had this automated system where you could call into his program live on air and sort of, um, leave messages for things he just he was just one of the things i respected the most about him was aside from his unshakable moral foundation which i, I really admired and has kind of been a guiding force in how i do pretty much everything in my technical life uh, and personally <laughs> increasingly these days he just he had this ability to see disparate things and people and how they could be brought together and make something beautiful which i really respect like that is a difficult thing to do i think a lot of engineers um, especially in it when they're not thinking about how to screw people over they're sort of i know they're very compartmentalized in their thinking it's very unusual to find someone who's able to see at a fundamental level like art and science and music and pull it all together into something cohesive and fun and interesting and engaging and rewarding and special it's just it's it's very uncommon um dare i say i, I think he would be incredibly embarrassed if i referred to him as a renaissance man but he certainly had that vision which precious few people who I've met in my life have. So for those of you who haven't sort of seen the news, um, at least in my sort of circle of, of friends and, um, and family, uh, Jim passed, passed on uh, last weekend. And I've still, uh, as Tom was saying on Twitter, I sort of put it really well. He said, I'm sort of still mentally processing it. And I'm kind of in a similar boat. I've recorded this episode... 14 times give or take it's probably closer to 15 times every time i try to do this i just i don't feel like i'm capturing just how important and special this guy was 
uh, to me personally and to a lot of people around the world. The fact that he just attracted people with seemingly no effort. Like I, I think if you, if you sort of want to have a, um, you know, a think about how someone can influence the world for, for in a sort of a positive way, that's one way that that uh, really shows it. You know, some people they spend their whole lives amassing huge fortunes, and then people follow them for that reason. Well. You know, people didn't have to do that for Jim. He was just this kind of person. He, I think it was a combination of just being an incredibly warm, friendly person and shockingly intelligent. <laughs> he could hold a conversation for hours. Now, I would know. And, yeah, it just... I haven't really ever met anyone like him before or since, and, and my life will be just a little bit dimmer not having him around anymore. So what I wanted to do, um, I've sort of, having tried and failed many times to record this, I've decided I'm going to take a slightly different tack here. I'm going to do kind of a series and rather than trying to boil the ocean in one episode, maybe take apart a few pieces of, of um, what this guy has meant to me and to the community and what he did for me and just what an amazing person he was and kind of talk about that over a few episodes. Uh, I, <laughs> I appreciate you indulging me in this. I know it's not, you know, you talk about, um, you know, not being able to choose your family. This is something I wrote on my blog post about this. And I never really understood that phrase because to me, family is a state of mind. So, for example, here in Australia, um, we have a couple of family friends who I've known since I was a toddler and I consider them my uncle and auntie. Like, that's literally how I see them. I, I, I think the whole idea of family being a sort of a genetic thing, well, we're all basically the same, right? There's very little that separates us from even a banana or, or a tree, which is in itself is actually quite beautiful if you think about it. So, yeah, I'm genetically very close to this person and the fact that he was such a positive influence on me I'm sorry I'm rambling but <laughs> I guess my point is you can't choose your family or at least people say you can't but uh, I do and he was so uh, there was all that I guess the this episode is sort of setting the foundation uh, but maybe just for a bit of background for those of you who've made it this far and have no idea who I'm talking about um, I know that my rambling here, I sort of attract three different groups of people. I've got the people who subscribe to my blog and, and sort of people who know me in real life, for example. And then you've got the overnightscape sphere of people. So Frank, who got really got me into um, New Tome Radio and podcasting back in the day. And then the third group are the whole week radio uh, alumni and the people who sort of came back and were in the, the second iteration of his radio programming. And yeah, the people who were attracted to this larger than life character and, and, uh, <sighs> excuse me. Wow. It's funny how you sort of joke up at random moments like that. Anyway, um, yeah. We've, I guess, you you start to 
think that because there's such an influence on you that they'll be around forever. And I'm just sort of still grappling with the, t- with the fact that he won't be, which sucks, obviously. <laughs> uh, I, t- I tell you, this year has been shocking for um, people I care about. And this was sort of the, the um, this is just sort of the, the latest one of these, and which is selfishly has been really hard, hard to deal with, but um, yeah, I guess the fact that he impacted so many people really does show the kind of person that he was. Um, but anyway, to that point that I, I was saying before, so for those of you in the, the overnightscape sphere, because I, I published this show on that podcast network, and for those of you who sort of know me more through the blog, uh, maybe I'll just take a, a minute or two to sort of talk, talk about who this guy was. Um, I started listening to whole wheat radio programs, his morning wheat berry grams and things like that, back in 2000, and, I want to say 2004, but I think it was a bit earlier than that. And he was just, he had just this amazing self-deprecating sense of humor. And I just, I really respected him for having the gumption to say nuts to the world i'm retiring and i'm moving up to a tiny log cabin with my talented partner esther up in the wilderness in alaska and just out of the blue deciding that oh hey i can you know the internet and and i can actually record things on this thing and i can broadcast things and i can have two-way communication with people if i set up a, a you know a chat system and and the fact that it like to my point earlier that he was able to just cobble together this thing just gradually organically over time and he attracted this base of people who just tuned in to listen to everything he had to say and how it morphed into this community of independent artists and stuff and so i was sort of i wasn't there at the start but i kind of i feel like i was there during the glory days um really you know before it um it's it's sad to think about how it it, the the first iteration of it closed because of trolls um but unfortunately i I, something else i really respected about him he said it he stopped doing it when it wasn't fun which i i could certainly sort of see the number of times where i'm sort of contributing to something online and the people i'm doing it for are either ungrateful or or rude or just generally not pleasant and you think why why am i doing this <laughs> i feel like that's twitter these days and a few of these other places but anyway um yeah when i i think it was when i reached episode 100 of my silly program you're listening to now whole wheat radio was one of the shows that i really sort of emphasized as as a uh, an inspiration for, for me starting my stuff so there was that whole side of it uh, but <clears throat> presumably, if you listen to me, you probably also listen to a few other podcasts. And you know, you know, you get that sort of, you, you feel like you get to know a person when you listen to them uh, for long enough. Well, in Jim's case, I actually did start to get to know him and, uh, and it was reciprocal or synchronous, uh, as, <laughs> as he and I used to say. The fact that uh, you know, I would jump into the chat system on Hawaii Radio and he would see my name pop up on, this, on the other side of the world to where he was and he would, he would duck the audio and he would start talking uh, to me and about me on, like, live on his radio show that was going everywhere. It was, just, it was really... Uh, I remember the first time it happened, I was in Adelaide studying for an exam and I just popped in 
and he just started talking and and was asking how my day was and and what time of the day it was and the fact that it was in sort of I think with the time zone difference it was something silly like I was 20 hours ahead of him or something so he was asking what the lotto numbers I should be or the you know the lottery numbers and what stocks he should be buying things like that but uh, yeah we just we hit it off and had it had this rapport and um, gradually it sort of turned into email back and forth and eventually when Clara and I both had um, income to, to finally travel internationally which had both been sort of been our dreams independently and then when we met up uh, was one of the things we really bonded over uh, we went to New York and it was for two reasons I specifically wanted to go and see Frank Nora from the Overnightscape and I wanted to see Jim Kloss from Holy Radio <laughs> Jim and Esther, I should say, um, and uh, Frank and his, his uh, wife, Denise. And it was, you know, they say that you should never meet your heroes. Well, I did. And he was fucking awesome. <laughs> he was just, he was such a fun, interesting person. He, somehow even more so in real life than, um, than he was online and, and sort of emailing and calls and stuff. And really I, I really want to emphasize this i you know brooding teenagers always have issues but i especially in in singapore um where i didn't sort of towards the end there where i was in this sort of oddly artificial international school situation where um people were never there for more than a year or two at a time so it was very difficult to make long-term friendships because expats come and go all the time and you know my mum's terminal illness and the fact that my dad was on business trips for nine months out of the year there would be times where I would just be sort of sitting at home and my mum would be asleep or bedridden in the other room just completely out of it on her treatment and um, my dad was AWOL, my friends moved overseas, and this was just before social media would have really started to have taken off, so I didn't really have a, a reliable way to contact people. And I just thought, what am I doing? What's, what's the point? Where am I? It was just, and sort of couple that with sort of this introversion and social anxiety and awkwardness and, and nerdy shyness that you get from being a, an awkward teenager, it just, I... I just fell into this funk and having been a straight A student for most of high school, going to university, moving to a, a, a city in, back to Australia again that I'd never really been to before, not knowing anyone, I, I kind of just fell apart. Um, and Jim was one of the few people who, I don't know how he did it, but he got through to me and he pulled me out of it. And so when I wrote about that, blog post about what an impact Jim had had on my life and I said that I wouldn't be here without him I meant that in the most literal way possible um, there really were times where I I just especially after my mum finally uh, died and I kind of felt partially responsible for it for reasons that are very silly <laughs> but at the time I just I felt like whoa that guy's got a uh, very large car beep 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 wow what a wanker um, sort of, I just was, it was just, I was falling apart. I didn't know who I was or what I was doing or what the point of any of, of it was. And yeah, Jim did more for me to 
boost my self-esteem and my confidence and make me feel appreciated and that I was capable of something. His words of encouragement and over what, even at the time I was sort of thinking just silly things, but I would, I would write out like a blog post about a text editor or something and he would message me saying, Ruben, that was brilliant. <laughs> I, w- I would never have thought to do that. You obviously have an inquisitive mind about this stuff. Like, I don't know if he really even knew just how much of an impact that had on me. Um, and, and really, I, I suspect that, I, I, in fact, I don't suspect it, I know it. I wasn't the only one who, whose life was touched like that. So yeah, I'm, I am just, as Tom was saying at the start, I, I um, just sort of going through the, the motions about this and thinking through like, what's the best way to um, remember and respect the, the life of this gentleman who was just, a, he was a, a mentor, he was a friend, he was family. I, when my sister found out about it, she has a, a private Twitter account, but she said that she only knew him through me, but she was so... So sort of messaging me about it, saying, of course I, I knew about him. You, he, you talked about him all the time and played his stuff all the time. Actually, this was a funny story. When there were a couple of years when my dad was transferred up to Malaysia. So, of course, again, you know, new, uh, new education, having to make new friends in a new place, not knowing anyone kind of thing. But um, while we were driving up there one time, I noticed that uh, you know, the, when you go across an international border and the radio stations change and stuff and there wasn't really anything to listen to and I said oh would you mind if I played some of these old uh, whole week radio podcasts <laughs> and it was the episode if, if you're a whole week radio person you probably uh, remember this from back in the day it was the episode where uh, Jim was trying to figure out how to put a roof on a log cabin <laughs> I don't know why it's this one specifically that I remember the most. I think it was just because it was the build-up and the crescendo and everything. It was incredible. But yeah, he was he was trying to build this roof and he was using self-tapping screws and he's at this 45 degree pitch on the top of this ladder. And he was saying, Neil Armstrong walked on the moon and I can't even put a, a bolt through a bit of sheet metal. Oh, it just, it was amazing. And I was playing this and the this was we were we were waiting in, in in the immigration queue and we get to the malaysian side in the in the car and my dad winds the windshield down and we we couldn't talk to the border guard because we were laughing too much <laughs> my dad and i had sort of tears streaming down our face like my sister was laughing just it was just his delivery and everything was amazing and we were kind of a bit sad and bummed about the whole situation sort of family-wise for a whole host of reasons but for a brief period of time there we were kind of this whole family unit again and we were listening to this uh, this <laughs> one of Jim's famous rants um, talking about housing and uh, you know, self-tapping screws and roofs and things and the bees were flying around Neil Armstrong. It just, to this, that's family folklore in, in, in my family now. Like, we'll just quote him saying all these things. Yeah, what a, what a legend. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to leave this one here, but I just wanted to, to sort of say that 
few people have had such a an impact on my life and again i'm sure he he had that on other people's lives as well esther's i'm for, for sure more than anyone but uh yeah i just it's it's unusual for me to think that he's just not going to be around to to uh read my silly stuff and provide feedback and to, to have a chat or a you know a virtual coffee or a, another email chain or something i just had really kind of just over the years again just assumed that he was just going to be there forever and he's not and yeah didn't really know where <laughs> where i could end it so but uh <sighs> anyway yeah i just wanted to I thought it was appropriate. I, d I did write a blog post about it because I know most people read that instead. But given I got to know him through this exact medium that I'm using right now, I figured it was appropriate to send an audio broadcast out there to, to commemorate this gentleman and this, his amazing contributions to the world and specifically to, to my life and the life of my family, that uh, he's, he really was that special of a person. So my plan is... I'm not sure if I'm going to do this uh, one after the other. I might have some breaks in between. But my plan is, at least for the next few months or so, every now and then I'm just going to do an episode. Uh, I have so much audio from this guy <laughs> over time that uh, we recorded uh, in Philadelphia and from a whole, whole host, host, host of other places. Uh, um, so I, I thought I'd do that. Maybe, you know, sort of have a bit more of a think about, like, we had so many interactions and conversations about things. Um, I don't think it would be appropriate to, um, to read any of that stuff. But what I thought I could do would be to, to do a, maybe a couple of episodes where I talk about a specific topic that he and I had discussed and sort of perspectives on things and... I, like, he just had this really uncanny way of seeing the world, which was very, um, again, I think it came from the fact that he had such a strong moral foundation uh, and core, which, uh, you know, <laughs> I talk about on the blog a lot that is extremely painfully, obviously missing from most of IT at the moment. All you have to do is look at the cryptocurrency and AI scams that are going around at the moment to sort of get an idea of that. Yeah, he, he wasn't like that. And I, I think he had some really unique perspectives on things which um, really sort of deserve to be talked about. And I, I'm going to try and uh, do that. <sighs> anyway, thank you for, for letting me around. This was as, as much a therapy session as anything else, but I just wanted to put it out there that um, I... Um, I, 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 already, I already missed Jim a lot and um, I just wanted to say you know, to the world what he meant to me and yeah, I guess it's, it is, it's easy to feel sad about this stuff but it's also uh, a cause for celebration because it means that I can sort of spend some more time thinking back to, to everything he did and literally you know, the, the, the parting thought that I was originally going to have, and then I thought, oh, is this cheesy? And, and, and now suddenly I don't care. I'm just going to do it anyway. I think the... Well, that was a very crunchy leaf. I think the best way to celebrate it, and I said the same thing about my, uh, my late mum as well, was that I'm the person that I am now because of 
my mum and of Jim and, and, well, my dad, of course, as well. But it just, I don't know that I would have the partner of my dreams or uh, the job that I have now or the confidence and the, the security and the peace of mind that I have now had it not been for his words of wisdom and kindness when I needed them. And, you know, if, if I can celebrate my life and go about and do things um, and be happy, then I think that's probably one of the best ways to commemorate him. Just because I don't think I could have or would have uh, been able to do any of these things or achieve any of the things that I have had it not been for his, his um, wisdom and guidance. Hmm. Anyway, it's extremely cold. I can't feel my nose or, ooh, or my face. It's just, again, it's probably a midsummer's day in, um, back in Talkeetna from back in the day. So I'm going to go home now. And uh, I, I don't know if I said this at the start. I originally recorded this because I couldn't sleep. I think I'm going to be able to sleep a bit better now. <laughs> Thanks. I'll catch you around. Love you, Jim.